Koi CBD has been a leader in the hemp wellness space since their start in 2015. The company is family-owned and community-focused. They have an expansive product range, including broad and full-spectrum CBD products and more, in tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even CBD for pets. All of their products are third-party tested by accredited laboratories to ensure potency and purity, and lab results are posted online for consumers to access. They have over 11,000 positive reviews posted on their website. Koi products are offered at thousands of retail locations nationwide. They offer discount programs through their website for veterans, as well as a Koi Rewards loyalty program to earn discounts and a subscribe and save service. So go to KoiCBD.com, that's K-O-I-C-B-D.com, and enter discount code NOEL, N-O-W-E-L-L, for 20% off a single order through the end of January 2022. Thank you so much for your support. Hey guys, this is Raul from The Expendables, and you are listening to The Bradley's House Podcast. guys welcome back come on in and make yourself at home as you should when you're a guest in bradley's house i'm your co-host jared Orr. she is the executive director of the noel family foundation our fearless leader and host ms kelly noel kelly how you doing tonight i'm doing fantastic jared how are you doing happier than a puppy with two peters <laughs> i'm uh oh God, i am super thing you totally just made that up. I've never heard that before. Well, that's how I'm feeling. I'm I'm excited anytime uh, we get a chance to to record another episode of Bradley's House, and uh, you you always set up all of these amazing guests for us, uh, and I'm I'm truly blessed. I'm lucky to be able to be. I say all the time, I'm just the first fan. I'm the first listener. Uh, so to get to be able to hang out on uh, on some of these podcasts with these guests that you have set up, and uh, today is no exception. Kelly, who's our house guest? Today, I'm super excited that we were able to make this happen. We've been trying a couple times. He's very busy and rightfully so. So we're super stoked that he took the time with us today. We have the lead vocalist for Arizona skate punk band, Authority Zero, Jason DeVore with us. Jason, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Kelly, Jared, and Anna. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you for your patience with the running around. (laughs) Oh my gosh, no problem. We totally understand. I mean, that's the whole point. You want to be busy in this industry, especially at this time of year, you know after all the COVID stuff and all that. So hopefully things will start getting back on track soon. Absolutely. I can't wait. Things are slowly picking up. It seems a little bit here and there and uh, I yeah. look forward to more, more of that happening. Mm-hmm. So, so a fun, a fun side note here, um, as Kelly gave us the lineup to, of who the guests were going to be and, um, you know, your name popped up and obviously we had to reschedule. So this was weeks ago. Uh, I always like to go back and dive into the music. Um, and authority zero has always made it in my playlists because it's just my genre of music, but admittedly, I, I've never been a, uh, I wasn't overly exposed to the music. So I start really digging in and I'm like, man, this, this is awesome. And then I, I click into some of your solo stuff and I'm checking out a bunch of that. And I'm like, this is also really awesome. So I send Anna a text message and I tell her, I said, Hey, um, you should really hop on and check out some of this, uh, some of this Jason DeVore. It's, you know, Jason DeVore is probably a little bit more my speed, but authority zero is definitely your speed, babe. Check them out. And she responds back. Uh, yeah, I've loved authority zero since I was 12. <laughs> so, um, Thank she you, said it, yeah, she said that was a, that was a big part of my punk phase. So, um, so she, she's already oh. been a, a long time fan. So she's had this, uh, she's had your name circled for quite a while and, and was excited to, to get this one going. Awesome, man. <laughs> I appreciate this. That's awesome. <laughs> My kids, of course, are super stoked, too, because I raised them listening to nothing but good music, including plenty of Authority Zero. So when I told my youngest son, Andrew, my 18-year-old, 
that we were going to be talking with you today, he was like, oh, he started talking about like struggle, which is one of his favorite songs after the Tipping Point album and put it on, start singing along with every word. And um, it just, I love the fact that my kids still appreciate the music that they grew up listening to, you know, like Revolution off of the Andiamo album, just so much great music. You guys have done a great job through the years. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. It's been a heck of a journey. It's been a lot of fun and I'm just excited we're still here doing it and, you know, still out there kind of pushing away and writing stuff that uh, we feel is still relevant uh, without without sounding like on, we're on repeat, I guess. You right. Know? That's one of the uh, absolutely. difficult sometimes. <laughs> I was about to imagine. So you guys have been around since the mid-90s, right? Yeah, we started back in 1994. I was 14 years old and uh, I didn't live in Arizona <laughs> at the time. I, my, my dad That's lived there. Crazy. And I was born in Arizona, but then my, uh, my folks separated and... Uh, moved to Wyoming of all places. <laughs> I don't know why they went to Wyoming, but wow. uh, we ended up transplanted there or whatever. And uh, that's actually where I started finding punk rock and whatever else too, because I had friends that also had, uh, that I'd met there that had moved from like bigger cities at that time, like Ogden, Wyoming or Ogden, Utah, I'm sorry, Ogden, Utah mm-hmm. and uh, Reno, Nevada and stuff like that. And we had like a small skate crew of like five of us. And the rest was like just a town full of cowboys that we'd always get in trouble with, you know, and it'd always be like this, run around town chasing each other you know with the big trucks and we had like a little buddy's mustang and it was always a big disaster and a lot of fun but nice. uh, with that came we started our first little band there in town and got introduced to a lot of the punk rock bands and uh my dad like i said lived in arizona still so i'd go visit him for the summer times and i met a kid in the complex he lived in one day uh it was my next door neighbor and he had friends that were in guitar class at the school he went to and i met all them and we just started skateboarding and just writing music acoustic and uh one day i wrote a lyrics and a melody to one of the songs that the guitar player bill marks had put together and it was pretty quick the way it came and he's like that was pretty cool he's like you want to be a singer and start a band and i was like yeah sure whatever you know no big deal i was born to skateboarding then i wasn't uh the idea of being in a band or anything like that but we uh started authority zero that summer and that was the summer of 94 and i ended up moving there finally about 96 and we started playing shows uh, at coffee houses, house parties, and uh, relentlessly, you know, like uh, almost every night if we could. And uh, the rest is brought me to where we are. That is so young, 14. I mean, that's crazy. Not not to necessarily be, be in a band or playing music, but to still be in the same band is really remarkable. Yeah, yeah that's some yeah, staying power. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 42 now. I just have my 42nd birthday, and it's kind of weird to look back and think that was 14 yeah. when this whole thing began. This wow. roller coaster of a life. I don't remember how old Brad was when he had his first band, but you know, probably around that age. But there were quite a few bands yeah. that he went through before, you know, ending up with with Bud and Eric. And so, yeah, that's that's really impressive. Um, I feel pretty horrible that he just had to clear that up because as he was telling the story. Um, and admittedly, it's been a long weekend with my kids already. I was like, man, he was 14 and 94. I wonder how old he is now. <laughs> it's got to so, be at least 60. Man, I was, a little kid looked at me at my son's football practice the other day. We didn't have any interaction. I've never seen this kid in my life. I was standing on the sideline talking to my son. The kid looks up at me. I look at him. We make eye contact. He goes, are you 45? Oh, my God. <laughs> And I, went, yeah, uh, right there. and I went, I went, sh- I went, sure. You have and he to goes, share uh, how old you are for people to appreciate how irritating that question would be. I'm, I'm 38. I'm 38 now. And <laughs> See, uh, I would so, love for someone to ask me if I was 40. <laughs> so I said, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, sure. And he goes, I'm correct. And I went, uh, <laughs> no, but that's, you know, whatever. It's, it's close enough. So well, thanks. Thanks, like, what thanks are for you? clearing up. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, yeah. What? You, what time? What's your bedtime, kid? Son of a yeah, bitch. yeah. What time do you gotta go, Mimi's? What time do you gotta go, Mimi's, kid? Yeah. Which one of these? What, who's this kid's dad? We got a problem. I want to know right now. So yeah, he's a twelve-year-old uh, over there. Yeah, I don't even. I mean, it was literally like the most bizarre thing ever. I mean, we made this eye contact, and he just went right at it. Are you forty-five? But, oh my gosh, that's yeah, funny. So. So thanks for clearing up the math on, on our end, Jason. I, I appreciate that is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. I do have a question because authority zero, right? Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like when I drive past pet smart, I'm always like, are those people pet smart or is that the pets mart? Right? I always kind of have that. You're so, overthinking it. But so okay. so with your so with your band, is it like 
how much authority do we enjoy? We enjoy zero authority. That's how much. Or to like, how much authority do we have? Shit, we got zero. Yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, one of the first songs, it kind of goes both ways. The idea behind the name uh, being seemingly backwards, uh, which I've learned over time with people asking that question, actually, in interviews and stuff. I, I never really thought about it twice until it started kind of coming up. But um, our old guitar player and original member, Bill Marks, uh, majored in Spanish, and he studied Spanish, and a lot of the language in Spanish is kind of backwards spoken, you know? So uh, he thought that was kind of a cool way to to, to announce it, I guess. Like, he, he went to a bank one time, his ex-girlfriend's mom's work, and uh, we were trying to figure out a band name. We had the dumbest names. And he saw an authority, and there was a colon and a blinking zero. And uh, he was like, that's pretty cool. And he thought that whole, you know, the whole Spanish uh, fanatics of that was a pretty cool thing as well. And so he told us all the name idea. We're like, that's cool. It's like, we're a bunch of punk kids. We don't like authority. Authority doesn't like us. It kind of goes both ways. You know, we do what we want. You know, <laughs> we're going to get in trouble for it. But, you know, that's kind of how the dice roll. And so, sure. Do you remember? Uh, yeah. do, do you remember any of those bad names? I, I love this. This is one of my favorite questions. Like, Authority Zero was almost what? Jerry's hair. Oh my god! It's gosh. the worst. <laughs> I know. So, it's horrible. Yeah, Jerry's hair is the one that stands out. The other ones I can't really think of to be honest with you, but that was oddly ones. <laughs> are the guy I told you about that I met. His name is Jerry, and we thought it'd be like one of those names, like Diesel Boy, you know, or something just kind of off the cusp that ended up making sense down the road. Like even like green day, you know, yeah. it's like things like that. Where Jerry's hair is going to be fucking bitching. Or, you know, <laughs> and Man, that name, name people won't tits. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you went the right direction with authority zero for sure. We made a better choice. Yeah. We made a better you choice. did. You <laughs> did. So you mentioned that he was taking Spanish in school. So was that, is that where you get that like Spanish influence in a lot of your music? Yes, uh, a lot of that came from Bill. Um, really, he incorporated a lot of the Spanish lyrics into the the, the sounds, you know, and uh, also like a lot of the flamenco guitar and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And also just being uh, from Arizona and being so close to the Mexico border, we'd always go to Mexico because we were underage, you know, we wanted to go party and we wanted to right. just have fun and, you know, do that. We were at our age. And so we started booking shows down in Mexico, some of our actual first, you know, actual tour kind of uh, touring shows uh, were down in Mexico at Rocky Point. And he would work out a deal with the people down there, like uh, of, or Playa Panasca or something like that. Um, and they pretty much gave us free room aboard and three meals a day uh, wow. for playing three sets. Of, yeah. So he worked out a pretty good spoken deal there with that. And um, we just had to play three times a day, which got kind of difficult because we were, you know, drinking tequila a lot. And, you know, <laughs> so by set number, set number two or three, by the end of the day, I'm like hanging from the rafters, falling on my drummer's head, you know, set head first. And, <laughs> Cracking my cracking my head open. I had to like tie my hair shut over a wound one time to continue. Oh my show. gosh! How very <laughs> punk rock of you, Jason. <laughs> you know that's as far as I go, though. You know. <laughs> and you guys also. No, it was did cool. An, you did an amazing cover of Mexican radio. Speaking of Mexico, on the Antiamo album, loved that yeah, cover. Know, yeah, I'm not trying to be too talkative, but I mean that's kind of fun. It ties into uh, this whole program as well as. Um, we recorded that at Miguel's house. Did you uh, which really? Is, I guess Bradley's old house. Yeah. So yeah, the label would talk about doing Mexican radio, and I was, I was like the guy that didn't want to do a cover song. You know, I was like the one guy in the group that really was like, I wanted us to be known for our music and not for a cover song. And they were really pushing it for like a, a single kind of deal. And uh, I was like, I don't know, guys. I'm like, eh, eh. And so we recorded it a couple times in the natural key, and it just wasn't coming off very intense at all, you know, and. We changed the beat up a bit on it and then um, kind of scrapped it for a minute. And then Miguel called me up one day and he's like, he's like, hey, man, what's up, bro? I was like, hey, what's happening, dude? And he's like, hey, I want to give this Mexican radio thing one more shot. I want to fly you out here to Long Beach and record the vocals at my place and just kind of play with it. Just kind of have some fun, drink some beers and just kind of see what happens with it. And I was like, dude, that'd be cool. I mean, I'd love to just come out and hang there anyways and you know get out of town and kick it around. And so flew out there and uh, him and I just hung out and. I recorded all the vocals uh, in the bathroom upstairs in the studio area um, by the wow. patio and stuff. Yeah, I did all the vocals in that bathroom, and it was just—it was nostalgic. It was cool. It was just a cool experience to be there, you know, with, uh, you know, being in that environment with Bradley and all that stuff, you know, in the house, and just a part of the whole entity of it all, you know. It was yeah. just really cool, especially uh, at that time frame in my age, and just the the influence, you know, it just was really nostalgic and very, very cool, and just had a lot of fun, and I ended up enjoying it and really 
appreciating that song the way it came out in the end for the way it got put together, I guess, rather than just slapping it together in a studio. That's awesome. That is such a great story. I don't know how I never knew that. That's really cool. Yeah. It was really and on that, on that same, now, do you think that's probably one of your biggest albums on Diamo? I know like Revolution, that's, that was a big song for you guys, right? Yeah, I think that one uh, today, I mean, I think the first one, A Passage in Time, because that was our first single came out on that. It was called One More was Minute. One like More Minute. Yeah. Yeah. So that that one got a lot of love. Uh, and that's that's one I hear a lot of people talk about. And Nandiyama is definitely the second one I hear a lot of the, the kids talk about as far as their, it being one of their favorite albums that we've done so far. Yeah, we listened to a lot of that when my kids were growing up. Um, but then when The Tipping Point came out, of course, that became the new favorite as well. We listened to a lot of oh, music cool. in my house. And you guys just came out with a new album, right? Just a few months ago. Ollie Ollie Oxen Free. We did, yeah. Ollie Ollie Oxen Free. Yeah, we uh we had time to write this one, which is kinda cool because the uh, uh, the one prior was called Broadcasting to the Nations and we had a bit of time to write that one. Um no, I'm sorry, the one before was that before that one? I think it was before that one. We did Persona Non Grata. Um and it was written really quick. No, I'm sorry, broadcasting came out first and then Persona Non Grata, I believe. And uh, we were trying to follow up broadcasting quickly with another album to keep the momentum going, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of those kind of like digging for things to write about, but it became more of a, because of that, it became more of a personal album. I've, I've always kind of written lyrically more of like a, let's let everybody think for themselves. It'll sound political or it'll sound a certain way or whatever lyrically, but it's really open-minded and open-ended uh, for people to kind of take it as a political kind of song or even an individual uh kind of inner inner looking uh, kind of song like right. revolution revolution was yeah revolution was really about uh looking inside yourself and trying to if there's something around you that you're not happy with whatever it may be in your own life uh whether it be addiction or whether it be relationship or whether it be just you know society politics anything that you're really not happy with in your life to make that change and stuff to you to start that whole movement yourself uh even within yourself and so mm. uh, that one persona ended up being just a very direct personal here's laying it on the table how i feel right now kind of album you know so with uh ollie ollie oxen free we had the whole year of you know canceled tours obviously and so we had uh. really a lot of time to sit down and write everything and like think it through and get more creative with parts and uh lyrics and just content i guess as a, as a whole with what was going on in the world yeah do you do most of the lyric writing i do all of it yeah except for the spanish stuff <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons <laughs> That's where I got to, yeah, I got to, I got to, I got to kind of pull that off live sometimes a little bit somehow. So struggle is kind of that similar theme to revolution of just, you know, finding that strength inside you and overcoming and all that. Where did that come from? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of the songs, I've always said this to kids as well that have asked me what songs are about and what the song's about. A lot of the songs are really, uh, inner inflection. It's like a lot of, uh, just talking to myself, you know, um, I've also had my share of ups and downs and uh, addiction things with alcohol and things. So, you know, it comes with the territory sometimes. Obviously, sure. most band members know it. It's like you get a free case of beer and a bottle of whiskey every show you play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 27 years later, you've been doing that for 27 years later. And so yeah. you're bound to have <laughs> some situations throughout that journey that uh, are not your, shining, your, your brightest shining moments. Uh, songs like Find Your Way Off of Andiamo, that's, mm. I remember that. I was in Norfolk, and you just, you know, uh, out of my mind, drunk after a show, and I was like climbing the walls outside of buildings and falling in the gutters. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that, that, yeah, I wrote that song the next day, "Find Your Way," talking basically to myself, like, you know, songs like "Get It Right," "One Day I'll Get It Right," kind of things like that. You know, it's a lot of inner reflection, I guess, is the best I could say in my own personal uh, the things I see going on around me, and just kind of absorbing them. Well, I think that's the the sign of good songwriting when you're writing things that are personal but that also relate to other people so much you know i thought it was of all the songs that that i've exposed my kids to of authorities there now obviously you know they've they've picked up their own favorites too but i thought it was interesting that when i mentioned you my youngest son brought up struggle right away you know and and what an impactful Mm -hmm. song and um he's had he's had quite a few struggles as well and so it was something that he could really relate to and really really feel the lyrics, you know, not just hear them, but feel them. And, um, and I, I hear people say that a lot about, about Brad's lyrics as well. And I think that's why it, mm-hmm. they, you know, Sublime's music has endured. And I, I see the same thing with Authority Zero. I think that's why you guys have endured because people can relate, you know, not just musically, but also on a very intimate level with the things you write about. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. The struggle really was like a lot about uh, just uh, for, for your son's benefit uh, from where I, where I was coming from uh, with that was uh, the band was going through some hard times. It's been, you know, ups and, ups and downs, obviously, with members coming sure. and going because of uh, getting older and stuff and just, you know, people change and that kind of right. happens, you know. And uh, that was a really hard time talking to myself. I was like, you got, it's like, you know, it's like you've got the strength, you've got the drive, and yes, you're steering it all. You've got the vision, got the mindset, yes, above and beyond. But can you take it? You know, can you keep on mm. taking these beatings and just mm-hmm. keep on forging forward uh, this dream and this love of what you've uh, developed and this family you've built, I guess, uh, right. really, really around the world with your fans and your friends you've built along the way. Um, how, how far can you take it uh, before you snap? I guess sometimes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Which applies to a lot of things. And I think that's, that's why he liked it. He's going to love that you just did that part in this episode, by the way. That was very cool. So thank you. (laughs) You just got me big time mom points. So thanks for that. Um, So you guys did April 29th, 1992 on the House That Bradley Built album. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Thanks for letting me. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Loved having you be a part of that. Did, Did you guys choose the song or did someone suggest it for you? I chose the song. Obviously, there were a lot of bands that, uh, you know, there was a lot of good songs, a lot of great songs, and a lot of good bands that jumped on it right away. And uh, so there were a few songs left uh, to actually record and, and to choose from. But that was like, I've always just loved that song. I love how there's really no chorus. It's mm-hmm. just like a great story. You know, it's just a story. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, no effects even writes like that a lot sometimes. It's like just a long, uh-huh. nice long story. We have, we have a song called Super Bitch that's just this <laughs> journey of like, this beautiful relationship you have and by the end you're just like this is insane you know <laughs> but there's no chorus but it's a great yeah. story so, you know I, awesome. I just really enjoyed it yeah i did like uh the, the drums were uh they were you know midi drums kind of thing like trying to keep it really kind of a weird kind of driving odd kind of beat almost like militant uh-huh. sounding yeah and uh just uh laid down a bunch of instruments you know just did it me and my buddy derek uh side sticker back home he does a scott punk show and he has a small studio and i hit him up i was like hey man i got this thing it's gonna be really cool uh would you mind recording me on it real quick and so I went to guitar center bought like 10 different instruments of percussion and all sorts of stuff and like played them all that day and then took them back to guitar center that same day but <laughs> yes that's the move right there yeah, I, I had a bro that worked there in the drum department, so it kind of worked out better. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, when the when the album came out and I I saw that April 29th was on there and I'm going through each songs, as I was getting ready to play April 29th. Now, as a diehard Sublime fan, I, you know, I hold the catalog very close. And as the song was loading, I thought to myself, if they don't say April 29th, if they say April 26th, <laughs> I'm out. I'm not going to listen to the rest yeah. of the song. Honest to God. That's what, because at that point, right? Like you're not doing your, you're not doing a song. You're just singing it exactly the way the Brad sang it. And you're singing the mistake that he sang that they said, fuck it. It was perfect. We're not going to ask him to redo it. And we'll just make all the fans scratch their heads forever. So honest to God, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you actually sang April 29th to start the song off. And that is really what made it for me. It was like this huge weight was lifted off me when I heard that. And I could just sit back and enjoy the rest of the song. You're just like scratching your neck, like, don't do it. Don't I do said, it. I swear to God. I was like, I was like, I really, I really hope he doesn't say 26th. Um, oh because, and so, right. Yeah. So I know it's one of those weird sublime things. I don't know what to say. Like, it's, I'm sure there's nobody else in the world that's ever thought that or felt that way. But that oh was like God. one of the things that, that I thought to myself. I was like, you know, I, I hope they I hope they make this song their song. I hope they do and not, you know, just and then you did and it was awesome and I, I love the whole thing. So uh, but I had to throw that in. How much I appreciate that you you went you went with it the right way as far as I'm concerned. I appreciate that too. Yeah, I knew that was a big thing that was going around I'd heard about too, and I was like, wait a sec, I'm gonna do some research real quick here just to make sure I don't blow it. You know what I mean? Like I don't, right. don't want to totally mess the track up completely, you know. So uh, I'm glad it worked out. Very happy. Uh, that was great. Now you guys were on the Warp Tour, right? We've been on the Warp Tour a few times. Yeah, it's been it's been a while, but um, uh, yeah, I think our last Warp Tour was geez, like 2000 and, oof, 2009 or something, or ten even. Awesome. Maybe. Yeah, we had Kevin Lyman yeah, well, on the show, 
and it was fun hearing all the oh, different cool. stories and stuff. How was, how was that experience for you guys? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, it was just far beyond. It was like, obviously, you know, like, like young punk rock camp, you know, for all of us, right. all your buddies are there every day. You know, the, the hardest part is obviously, you know, we're, we're in a van of trailers. So we were, dri- you know, a lot of people had buses, so they drive overnight to the next place and we'd, uh, we'd do the same, but, uh, you know, we were just worn out and, you know, uh, just trying to get there just in the nick of time. Cause you had to be there like 6am to go pick your spot for merch. And you wanted to get a good spot, obviously, especially as a new right. band on the scene and you want to stand out. So we'd get there early and be exhausted, but we all take turns like doing the merch and like taking naps, like, you know, in the van and stuff along the way till, till showtime. And plus, once you get there, you need to have your flyers ready to go around and post them up on the poles and wherever you can find to get people to go to your stage. Um, so I would like actually get up there like six to him and like start climbing the biggest light pole, like climb to the top as far as I could, uh, and just stick it up high and like get like neon posters with just our logo on it, just so people couldn't sticker over it, you know. Nice, uh, good strategy. Really trying to, stick out. yeah. So uh, that was it was great though. I mean, all around, just again seeing all your favorite bands every day and like you know you oh, could pick yeah. and choose the days you felt up to it or not, and because you were on there for a, a bit, you know, you know, team the next day too, but just the camaraderie of it all like with all the bands and like it was just fun you know we'd, we'd, we'd do like little games in front of our tent to get people to come to our tent and we'd play like this rope game to where if you fall off this brick then you lose and if you lost uh if, if we if we lost you got a free t-shirt kind of thing just mm. things like that that's interesting and different you know that's awesome yeah, you got I'm sure you yeah. got to keep it fresh. You know, Jason, one of the questions that I have that I, I I often wonder this and you're a perfect candidate for it since you're doing it and doing it so well. How difficult mm-hmm. is it to kind of manage the differences between, you know, being Jason DeVore doing your own solo stuff and then being a member mm-hmm. of a band and a band that you've been a member for, you know, almost 30 years at this point. Um, is it, you know, is it difficult wearing both hats? I mean, how does that, when you're doing the music, you're writing, because it's two different sounds for sure. Um, I mean, you, Mm -hmm. you have your own distinctive style and you certainly know, oh, Hey, this is the guy from authority, but it's definitely a different feel and a different vibe. Is that the, is that the motivation to go and do that? So you can kind of let out that other side musically. It really is. Honestly, that's a big part of it. I mean, I was really influenced by uh, when I was on tour one time on the East Coast. Uh, we're on tour with a band called New Blood Revival. And this is way back. Like we're talking like 2003, maybe uh, 2004, even something like around that time. But they were uh, big fans of uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Jeff Buckley, um, but Jeff Buckley. Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He has this gorgeous, like this beautiful, you know, this voice i mean i don't even know how to put it like when i heard it i was like i'm like who the hell is this well this is jeff buckley he's, he's you know gone past since now you know and I, I heard the story about how he passed and all that yeah he but drowned just, correct like, his voice yeah his, his dad drowned in the same river my understanding is i think yeah jeff buckley uh, one of my uh one of my stepmom's all-time favorites so uh lots of jeff buckley in my house growing up that's awesome, yeah. And I heard it, and I was like, I was so inspired by it. I was like, it's like, cause I love singing, singing too. Like, I love punk rock. Like, it's my heart and soul, you know. But I really love using my voice to where it's like you're not just throwing it out consistently. It's like you can actually hit those different areas and those different emotions, and there's those different feels and vibes and the just energy in general. You know, it's like it's the yin to my yang of you know the two different elements, I guess. And it was really like another creative, fun outlet to tap into. When I heard that, I was like, I was like, I want to do something like this. I'm like, I could do this, I think, like something like this. Um, not at that stature. I, you know, I was like, this guy's just got a really magnificent voice, but I want to give it a run for what I've got going on um, at this point in time. So I really started diving into it a little bit. And uh, when I first started actually recording some of the songs, um, I didn't want to promote, when I was playing out live, my first times out, like at open mics and stuff, I didn't want to affiliate it with Authority Zero at all. I wanted to see if, you know, just randomly just go out to open mics or, whatever and see if people just actually genuinely like genuinely liked the music i was playing and the songwriting and the songs themselves and what i was doing uh without the correlation of authority zero to have that be like the crutch of well we want we want to check this out because it's the singer of this band or whatever that we like so i really veered away from like when i started doing my own shows and promotion wise i i was very adamant about them not putting of authority zero on the flyers just to like i say for that purpose of seeing if it was 
worth a damn or not, or if it was just me like being my own creative self and keep it in the bedroom kind of deal, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that's, yeah uh, it, it is. <laughs> we've actually heard similar stories to that uh, quite a few times on this podcast. Um, Peter Stefano um, from Porno for Pyro said he did the exact same thing when he went solo. He didn't use his affiliation. Um, so I think that makes a lot yeah. of sense, you know, and, and at the same time, like we said, it's, it's a different, it's a different vibe. It's a different feel. So you don't want the authority zero fans showing up expecting to hear your authority zero songs. And then, you know, you, you throw them for a loop. So I think it's awesome that you went out there and, and stood on your own. And it certainly seems to have, uh, certainly seems to have worked out for you. And uh, I will tell you that, you know, diving into your collection and listening to a lot of your solo stuff, um, hold me down has hit my, my playlist quite a bit in the, in the last few weeks here. It's a song that's, uh, I don't know. I, it's just, it's an awesome tune and it's something that's, uh, it's gotten a lot of play. Right on, bro. Thank you very much for that. No, absolutely. So I got to ask you now, obviously you're a sublime fan. You, you talked about it. You appeared on the album. Um, you picked April 29th to do on the album, but like you said, there's a ton of bands that were on there. So whenever I have a musician on, um, I always ask the same question. If you ran into somebody that never heard of the band Sublime before and you had to pick one song from the category or from the catalog to uh, best show them who Sublime is, what song is that to you, Jason? Oh, my God. That's a big, that's a loaded question. There's a <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of well, not loaded, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a there's no answer. wrong answer. Like, there's no wrong answer. You just go with your gut, man. Nobody's there's you can't be wrong here. Yeah. Uh boy, let me think here. Give me a second. Dead air. Uh <laughs> No, trust me, a lot of people the uh, people have taken a lot of time on this question, man. I, I can I can assure you. Yeah, I uh, I think the don't push, maybe. Um Ooh, great choice. Yeah, I think something with like just combination of all the sounds, you know, it's uh you know, cause they're so broad that you know, that's obviously influenced on our group as well. It's like just it's never the same song, you know? So it's like always, mm. it's difficult to say is I would definitely recommend something that has um, all the elements in it. That way you can get an old, old, overall perspective of like what that you're, you're looking into getting into. But I think don't push. I'll probably say don't push. Yeah. Don't push is a, is a great don't answer. Push. I always, I always laugh, Jason, because I ask all the musicians this question and they all really struggle and they're like, Oh man, I don't <laughs> know. What's it? And, and I'm just thinking to myself like, well, I, they're my favorite band of all time and Brad was Kelly's brother. So no matter, no matter what yeah. song you say, we're not going to go, Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Are you serious, dude? That one. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I know. I, I, well, I would almost say date rape. I know Bradley, I, my understanding is Bradley wasn't a big fan of it. I guess, you know, he was when he wrote it though. Saying. He was super proud of okay, it when yeah. he wrote it. He just yeah. got tired of playing it all the time. I think, yeah, I like think the, the legend band. goes, right. The legend exactly. goes with that was that, you know, um, he wanted he wanted people to listen to the entire catalog of the music. He didn't want to be a one hit wonder or stuck to that. Sure. Uh, I told I told you Kelly right. the story. Um, he was doing they were doing a radio appearance, and basically the whole radio appearance was because date rape was getting so much airplay. And the DJ mm -hmm. came back from commercial, and he goes, uh, "All right, we're here with Long Beach, California's very own Sublime playing their hit." date rape and brad turned around and looked at bud and eric and went early man and they boom <laughs> and they they busted into so um yeah i think <laughs> i think i think he loved i think he loved all of his songs but i just think he hated the fact that date rape was the only song that was getting so much continuous play yeah no, i understand that completely man i like i can definitely relate with that, that as well i mean that makes complete sense and early man's great too that that's a great cover front to back with all the elements there also i mean so mm. again there's so many that i would recommend that i'd be like here's three pick choose wisely yeah, you know? yeah. right right yeah I there's, there's asked, no wrong answer i get asked a lot what's your favorite sublime yeah. song and i i certainly could never pick a favorite but if i had to pick like my top five don't push would definitely be in there for sure probably top three I just, that's a great yeah. song. So excellent choice. Even though there's no right answer, you totally picked the right answer. I always, I always give a smart ass re response whenever anybody asks. And that's why I thought it was so funny when Jacob came on and hung out with us for a little bit. And I asked him his favorite sublime song and he immediately said, Amber is the color of your energy. So 
that was <laughs> because you know a lot of times in the sublime groups people will be like hey roll call what's your favorite sublime song and i'm always like uh, what's my age again and people are like, you know and then I'll, I'll have i'll have 25 people just start crushing me in the comments are you kidding me so uh like, dude, oh, that's, yeah dude. exactly <laughs> That's awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about how uh, Latour Devore got started. Oh man, that was fun. Uh, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, my my wife's my wife's brother-in-law, which makes him now my obviously. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he is he uh, has been playing acoustic out in Indiana for quite a long time, and he was kind of starting out uh, back when we first, you know, wife and I got married, and uh, he was super fresh in a lot of it, you know, just playing acoustic and doing his thing, and we just whenever i go out there to visit for family vacations with them we'd sit around the campfire and just start jamming together and showing each other new songs you know the family sitting around the campfire and drinking beers and stuff and and uh he, he just kept on developing and getting better and better and he he got an offer from a label to do something to, to get signed to him but I, I hadn't heard of him or anything like that which makes no here nor there but uh they wanted him to do a lot of stuff that he was not really interested in doing you know like labels tend to do sometimes and mm-hmm. so i was like i was like I was like, I've been through this uh, before myself. I'm like, don't do anything you don't want to do. I'm like, if this is the way they're going with you already and you haven't even signed anything, I mean, it's just kind of like this, the stepping stone for things to come. So right. I just really think about it long and hard. What you want to do, if you love this and you want to continue to love it, make sure that you're going to be happy doing it and uh, just follow your heart with it. Um, so he ended up backing out of that whole deal. He's like, I took your advice. I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, whoa. You know, like, <laughs> like I don't mean, you know, Oops. that completely. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to blow it for you, bro. <laughs> but but uh, he was super happy with it, and he since then has gone his own path, and he's been developing mm. his own fan base, and he's got this whole thing. He's got his, his name is Russ. He calls his fans Rustafarians. Oh, and, nice. uh, he's, yeah, he's branched out and started. Um, well, so he reached out. He's like, I want to tour with you someday. And I'm like, I've always I've been on tour so much with Authority that we never had the time to just go from tour to going back on tour to do acoustic and hope yeah. for the best kind of deal, you know? Yeah. And so I was. We really got a time to try and find a time when we have maybe a couple months off from authority touring so I can, you know, see my wife and spend time at home as well before I take off again. And so we just put together like a one week thing and he's like, let's call it, let's base it around you because you've got a bit of a name out there and it'll help only help me grow and get in front of your fans that might come up. And I'm like, all right, I'm like, well, let's give it a shot and see what happens. And so we called it Le Tour de Vore and just hit the road um, and just went out there in the car and hit a few spots and uh, incorporated a few different artists um, along the way. And it kind of kept on growing. We kept on doing it. We invited uh, Krista Makes from Lesson Jake out of the last one with mm-hmm. Howie Spank from Ballyhoo uh-huh. as well. And and, uh, and it just kind of started Gabo. growing. And, uh-huh. Yeah, Gab- Gabo, Fadiuka, yeah. Got him involved too. That was a fun one. That was like all the, <laughs> it, was just, it was just fun. Yeah, all, I think all that's the last time buddies, I you know. saw you in uh, Hermosa Beach at St. Rock. And yeah, it was for La Tour de War. And it was, I have to, it was just so much fun. I love, big fan of acoustic and I love seeing artists that that are part of a band you know kind of pull back from that and and just sort of do their own thing on stage by themselves and it's just it's such an intimate moment and um yeah it was it it was shortly it was just before I want to say it was just a couple months before everything shut down right I think yeah yeah it wasn't too far January yeah Yeah, it, but it was it was a, a nice, uh, just such a great memory. I mean, sitting there watching you on stage, about Howie on one side and Gabo on the other, who are, are both good friends of mine, and we're just all sitting there watching you. And it was just, I just, it felt very surreal to me, you know, just kind of like, wow, these are all these people that I listen to and, you know, music that I've been enjoying for so long. And to have you all in one place was really cool. I always joke that, you know, I don't, um, I would much rather stay home. I'm really much more of a homebody, but I love music. And so I have to go out and see it because I can't get you all to come to my house to play. So, but, but for me, it was just well, like, probably sitting... good, actually. <laughs> I tell her that all the time. She says that all the time. She's like, well, I have to go because they won't come play at my house. And I'm like, well, you didn't fucking ask. And I bet if you did, they would. My point all is. Yeah. All the through plant house parties, so we just be back home, you know what I mean? Right, that's true, that's true. But my point is, here I was in this, you know, intimate venue, I loved St. Rock, and, and just to have all of you guys there, that was the closest, I think, that I've ever felt like I've come to having my own private show, so it was it was a really fun night, really, really standout night for me, and to have it be something that happened so soon before the shutdown, you know, just, it yeah. has left a big impression. So I loved it. And I hope, I hope that you have plans to do more of that. Cause that was really, really special stuff. 
That's cool, Kelly. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, we do we do plan to now that uh, things are kind of breaking open a little more. And you know, he's out touring, doing acoustic stuff, and we're starting to you know, I'm dipping my toe back in the water with a more acoustic shows out around town and stuff like that too. Like I'm playing Prescott tonight here. I just drove oh, up fun. this afternoon. I'm doing my buddy's birthday party up here at this uh, at this pub, but little things like that. And I think him and I have been really talking a bit more about let's do the next rendition because it's been a couple of years at this point now. You know, it seems like at least uh, yeah. quite a bit close to at least. Yeah, so it's it about time for the tour de Vore seven. I think and get out there and uh, grab some more some more heads and try Good. some uh, different art. Good. These well, are I look the, forward the to it. Yeah, these are the crazy things about the time changes. He's like, I'm playing tonight, and I'm like, uh, dude, it's six forty five. You, you probably <laughs> might, might want to get on stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to blow it right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're blowing the magic, but. For those who, who don't know, and, and Jason, I'm not sure if we even told you. So, of course, I'm in Southern California. Jarrett is in uh, Buffalo, New York. Our audio oh, pro- engineer, our producer, Anna, is in Canada. And so, yeah, we're oh. all over the place. We're all in different time zones. That's <laughs> what well, you can do about it. Yeah, right? The magic of technology. Yeah. I love it. Well, I, again, I think it's it's so great that you do those acoustic shows. I have... Um, a good friend, Adam in Phoenix, who comes to your shows a lot. And he's always like, yeah, I'm going to see, you know, Jason do an acoustic show. And I'm like, oh, all we ever get is authorities there, which is great. I'm super not complaining, but, but to have a chance to hear you do a, an acoustic show, I know you do quite a bit more of them in your area, but it was really cool for me to have it out here. So I hope you do more of that stuff. Absolutely. Well, probably it's been a while since in California too. So I have to try and branch that direction. The first, the next one up here that, that we put together. Good. Well, I will be maybe, there for sure. Maybe Miguel updated the shitter, and you guys can rock out another <laughs> another hit. Yeah, right. Updated the shitter. <laughs> updated the shitter. Well, I'm just saying about that for a second. You could do a whole like live from the shitter album. Live from the you, shitter. <laughs> you got to get here, man. We things have been good. I got a bidet now. I'm telling you. You don't we're, even know how funny that is. Hits. Like. No, dude, for real, you don't understand how funny that actually is with the, with the with the band because there's a big joke in our band like for years now. It's like I get the nervous like before show like you got to go things, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like the nerves are up. It's like right when it's show time, right when it's stage time. Like we've done the huddle, we've done the go team thing, you know, the the pregame whatever. Uh huh. And then I'm like, every wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> I got I I I got a thing. I got a thing. I'll be right back. They're like, dude, we're going on stage right now. I'm like, no, we're right not going now. anywhere. And it's, yeah, and it's like the big the big thing is in quote, where's Jason? And everybody starts cracking up because everybody knows. Her. So life in the shitter would be. I'm telling amazing. you, right now, you're so lucky. I'm not in the band because the second you turned around, I'd be like, all right, guys, let's go. We're gonna go. We're gonna start playing, and I'm gonna let everyone know that Jason's shitting. And as soon as he's done, the concert will be able to begin, and we'll just sit there and Dude. and play. We'll play an instrumental until until he's done, and then we can and then we can go. Let's just say moments like that have happened, like during a show, and oh I, God. in good faith, tell my in good faith would tell my guitarist, I'm like, "Yo, I got to go do a thing." It's like a sold out show, and I'm like, "I'd run, like last song, dude," and we we do the song, and I'd run off stage. Luckily, the bathroom was right there. Okay, it's tour life again. Oh you don't eat God. the best stuff, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I was using the restroom, and I hear. I hear Bill. He's all, yeah. Jason had to go take a shit real quick, so he'll be back in a second. Yes, there <laughs> it is. The That's perfect. Well, yeah, in the you microphone, gotta figure, you got to figure. There's been a time where a guy's walked up to his old lady and been like, "Hey, let's go grab a beer," and she's like, "No, the show's getting ready to start." And he's like, "No, no, I just watched Jason run and take a shit. We got a few minutes <laughs> for sure. We got, so, yeah, we got time. We can do, yeah. a, we can do a shot and a beer. <laughs> Plenty of time. <laughs> I've seen this guy in action before." <laughs> I know this prompt. routine. Yeah. Oh my and god. <laughs> well, you know what? At this point, let's roll credits because I don't think we're going to yeah. top that. But before There's we no let way. you, pretty good before, before we let you go, Jason, uh, where can uh, our listeners find you and Authority Zero? Take time here, plug your websites, your social media pages, upcoming shows, merch you're selling, uh, anything that you got going on. Let everybody know. Okay, cool. Uh, well, our new album, Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, uh, just came out. It's an individual pop, a release of our own, uh, self-release, and it's out now. It's in stores. It's online on Spotify, on iTunes. Uh, check it out there. There's vinyl available. 
at noshirtnoservice.com is our website for any merchandise, any vinyl, any CDs, things of that nature, fun little pins and stuff. Uh, general website is just authority zero, all spelled out, dot com. Uh, Facebook.com backslash authority zero is our Facebook. Uh, Instagram is authority zero music uh, as our own personal one. And uh, also for my solo stuff, if you're interested in that, uh, just go to jasondevore.com for shows. Uh, also for authority zero.com, that's for our shows as well. And, uh, and uh, jasondevore.com, my Facebook is uh, jasondevore. I'm sorry, facebook.com backslash official Jason DeVore for my solo music and upcoming things with that nature and touring as well. And we'll have, Anna, that on iTunes. we'll have Anna add those links in the description too. So if you guys for are sure. listening to this, you can just drop right down there in the description yeah. and there'll be and a link to get you to everywhere. Anyone who's never checked Kill out it. an authority zero show definitely needs to. I know the first time we went, I took my kids and we all were completely blown away. I mean, you guys are so great live so much fun to to listen to and to watch and it's just such a great experience so whenever you guys are in town we always try to catch your shows because it is it's just an awesome time and it's it's been a lot of fun to do with my kids and um yeah so keep up the great work thank you so much kelly appreciate that absolutely thank you for being on the show we really appreciate it you were definitely worth the wait and thanks for taking the time have a great show tonight thank you very much kelly jared anna thank you all for having me and i appreciate it very much and take care Thank you, man. Bye, Jason. Well, I'll tell you what. Jason DeVore was a delight. I I really had a lot of fun with him. Um, Pretty cool, too, that, you know, he's been doing this for for so long, and he's got these couple different projects going on, and uh, it was just kind of cool to hear his story a little bit. Yes, definitely. He's someone I've listened to for a long time, so it was really great to hear a little bit more about his journey with his, his music. Yeah, Anna's like I've been a friend. I've been a fan of his since I was twelve. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty neat to uh, to have him come on. And uh, I think he had mentioned some of his websites and places that we could check him out. But uh, they've got some shows coming up, Kelly. They do. In fact, you can uh, find all the dates at authorityzero dot com. But I did look it up tonight. In fact. Wednesday, the day this episode comes out, they'll be in Long Beach at Alex's Bar. And then they've got some dates in San Diego, Arizona. January, they're in New Mexico, Colorado, Georgia, Florida. February, they're in Louisiana, Texas. So lots of opportunities if you're in the western, southwestern, southeastern. (laughs) Trying to look at a map in my head. Never (laughs) eat shredded wheat. So anyway, Authority Zero is going to be going to be making the rounds there. Lots of opportunities to check them out. I have seen them in person live. They put on an amazing show, incredible energy, fabulous musicians. So if you have a chance to go check them out, I highly recommend it. And guys, we hope you enjoyed the interview as much as we enjoyed doing it. And of course, you know the reason why we're doing this is to raise funds to get Bradley's house up and open. You guys can go ahead and visit the org. Find out how you get involved. Check out some of the merch. I know there's some uh, some new pins that are up. Those look really cool, Kelly. Yes, we do have some new stuff up and, and we have some, um, some more stuff that will be releasing in January with the anniversary of the house that Bradley built. Bum, bum, bum. I always love good breaking news. So uh, check out the org. Make sure you're following the Knoll Family Foundation on all social medias. You can also go ahead and scroll down just a little bit, just kind of right down there in the description. Click on the link tree and it'll get you to all of things Knoll Family Foundation. So you guys can go ahead and, uh, and, and get involved. Your support means a lot. Uh, Kelly, every single week we get to leave our uh, listeners with a new awesome song. Uh, what's everybody going to hear today? They're going to hear Authority Zero's cover, April 29th, 1992. Guys, thank you so much for joining us once again. I'm Jared Orr. She's Kelly Noel. We are out of time. You don't have to go home, but it's time to leave Bradley's house.
Let it burn, you wanna 